Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. STLPR photojournalists traverse the St. Louis region, catching fractions of seconds on camera to provide images to go with the written and audio stories from our newsroom, including this show, too. Now, whether you're seeing those pictures at stlpr.org or on the app or in social media posts, there's a whole lot that happens behind the lens. And so many of those images, some that you can see in one spot at stlpr.org slash 2023photos, have stories all their own. Here to talk with us about that work, we have Brian Munoz, STLPR Interim Digital Editor. Great to have you on again. Thanks for having me. And Tristan Rouse, photojournalist at St. Louis Public Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi, Elaine. So the first thing we're going to do is a lightning round, kind of like burst mode. So, Brian, how many shoots did you go to in 2023? Oh, we probably, between Tristan and I, we went through a few hundred over the last 365 days. You know, every single day we're getting photo requests from reporters. We're out on the streets, you know, trying to find stories of our own Mm -hmm. and really, you know, just trying to be part of the community and being present. And how many pictures were taken? And that could be like a a guesstimate or how many hard drives you went through? I went through about four hard drives this year. So tens, tens of thousands of images. And, you know, we're backing up, of course, our final selections, but also all of the original files because... You never know who was in the background of of an image or, you know, what is there that you may need down the line. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a big task. Tristan, how many miles have you driven? It would be hard to give an exact count, but I was looking at it earlier today. And this month I've driven more than 500 miles. Just this month? Just this month. And what's the furthest you've driven between stories in a single day? Single day, this would be in a single afternoon, is I was on deadline and drove an hour and a half from our coverage area in Illinois to out in West County, uh, back to back. Do you have a heavy foot? Uh, n- no. No? Okay. <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> that is the right sure answer. Yes. Legally, uh, no. We follow the law here. Yes. And for both of you, what is the most fun story you covered in 2023? Brian? Yeah, for me, one that stands out is the Artica Urban Arts Festival down on the Cotton Belt uh, near the river in downtown St. Louis. This was something that I had seen about on social media and ever since really growing up in high school and whatnot. And I thought, okay, this is the year I go. I'm not going to make excuses. I have been following photos from Burning Man. And basically, this is St. Louis's version of Burning Man. Mm-hmm. Just a really eclectic, great group of artists and, you know, gathered for their 22nd year. And they have a huge burning of an effigy on the river right at sunset. So, you know, it was memorable and definitely one of my favorite assignments that I found. Mm-hmm. And Tristan, how about for you? I think my favorite would have to be I went and visited the St. Louis Aquarium while they were in the middle of their Shark Week celebration. 
Uh, sharks are one of my favorite animals. They were a big, like the movie Jaws was a huge part of my childhood. <laughs> okay. And so getting to go see that and kind of see the way that they're educating people about sharks and celebrating sharks. The most fun part was that I actually ran into a family who is uh, not from St. Louis. They were visiting their grandfather in St. Louis. And they decided to go to the aquarium for Shark Week because later that week they were all traveling as a family to Florida to go swim with sharks for the first time. Oh! And so it was like an educational trip right before and I got to meet and talk with them. And the kids were very hyped about sharks. Oh, that's awesome. I thought you were going to say that you met a family of sharks. That's a very different <laughs> Very different. <laughs> so let's kind of do this behind the lens thing, Brian. And, and I want to start with you. What of the photos that you took were the hardest to get? Yeah, I think, you know, as a photojournalist, you get put into a variety of situations and you have to be a jack of all trades. You have to be able to be uh, adaptable, quick, you know, being able to pivot at a moment's notice. And not all of those stories are fun or feel good. You know, they are challenging moments that our region faces. And one of them that comes to mind was ahead of the fall DNC meeting in St. Louis when there was a rather large uh, encampment of folks experiencing homelessness uh, who were outside camping in, you know, eye shot of the mayor's office. And people came in from the city and cleared that out. But sitting and talking to a lot of those people who were going through some of the toughest moments of their lives, you know, was something that was difficult. It was difficult to witness but I think as journalists, it was important that we document that so people can understand what our neighbors are facing. These are mm -hmm. folks in our community. And, you know, there's a lot of conversation about what solutions look like, you know, from the Board of Aldermen, from city officials, from everyday people, because the people want a solution. So, you know, just going through and having to be a documentarian, but still empathetic, I think, you know, that was one of my personal most difficult stories to capture. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, it was important for our region. Right. And Tristan, was there also sort of similarly um, one shoot that you had to go on that was challenging for the same reasons maybe Brian has shared or for other ones? Well, I would I would echo a lot of what Brian mentioned about uh, documenting uh, that encampment being cleared out. But another one that comes to mind is, you know, this summer was... Uh, across the world, one of the hottest, if not the hottest that we've ever had on record. And it was very hot in the St. Louis region. And so being out in the summer heat, especially when we had that heat wave that came in in the middle of August, uh, to document people as they, you know, people still have to work outside in that heat. And mm -hmm. that meant that we had to work outside in that heat. So obviously, I think being very physically strenuous as we're out there as well is something else that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And the equipment that you're carrying is not light. This is not like a bust out your camera, so a phone to take pictures yes, situation. Yeah, yeah. Heavy equipment, um, often walking, you know, you don't, you don't get to photograph situations from your car. So mm -hmm. things like that. Right. Now, Brian, and so far as editorial decisions go, have you made any that involved a process that was you know, different from what we've just talked about? Something that was kind of funny or interesting because they involved things that non-photojournalism folks might not think about? There, there's one concert in particular that comes to yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have not been to many live concerts as a fan in general. I mean, my background going to concerts and covering concerts, it's pretty much been classical music. I was a classical trombone player since, you know, fifth, sixth grade. And 
I think, you know, the opportunity to cover St. Louis's very own Sexy Red was a nice change of pace that got me out of my comfort zone because I had not been to a big, you know, rap concert like that before. So I, you know, went and photographed that and it was, you know, kind of a bigger picture, you know, look at the St. Louis uh, rap scene and how uh, women fit into that narrative that I think has been dominated by men for such a long time, mm-hmm. and especially folks here locally. So I, I went, you know, was pretty out of place at first, but I think it was a lot of fun. And, you know, as a photojournalist, you have to cut through the noise on these big productions or like packed places and really, you know, slow down, think about what am I seeing? You know, who is enjoying this? What are those moments kind of in between what's right in front of you and on the edges of that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, really, stri- I really strive to capture those. Yeah. And then deciding what images you would share, what was that process like? Right, right. I think, especially with Sexy Red, she is unapologetically herself. You know, there is everything, you know, from rapping to twerking to people hooting, hollering. And, you know, that's just all part of the experience. And I think in the editorial decisions on what we chose to run, uh, it was balancing all of that and really what were the images that told the story and what brings the audience member, the reader, the listener, you know, to Mm -hmm. that scene. Right. You know, when we have people on the show, Tristan, uh, they sometimes feel like they need to say things perfectly, right? Like to to get it right. And I think there's a parallel to that when you're out to get photos. What what is that? I mean, I definitely think that uh, sometimes when you photograph people, especially if you're in a situation where you've reached out to them and say, can I document your life for a little bit? There is definitely a sense that people, for lack of a better term, want to perform for the camera. And I, I think that's very understandable. They want to present themselves in a certain way. But I think part of our job as photojournalists is to convince people that they don't need to do that Mm-hmm. That their life as it is um, unperfected is what we want to capture because that's, you know, that's the truth and that, you know, that is beautiful and that there's beauty in those imperfections. So, yeah, I do think there is a parable in that. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Tristan Rouse, photos journalist at St. Louis Public Radio, and Brian Munoz, who is St. Louis Public Radio's interim digital editor. And we're talking about going behind the lens of their work as photojournalists. So we're talking about some of the, the things that over the year have not only captured um, the interest of people who are looking at our content, but it's what you're capturing with your cameras. When it comes to people, Tristan, you are someone who is new to this community. And the engagement that happens before you capture any images at all is really important, right? Can you talk about what it was like for you as someone who's new to St. Louis um, to go out there and to like to capture images of people just doing their thing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the things that I think is important as a photojournalist is, and I actually used to work in a newsroom that uh, had this pinned up on a wall, which is as a photojournalist, you have to know more than anybody else on the scene because you've got to take everything that you know and everything you're seeing and translate it into a non-verbal medium. And so there's a lot of background research that goes into that. But the other half of that is that, you know, me being new to the region, my camera has been a 
a doorway into so many things that I feel like most people who come into this region for the first time don't get to see and don't get to experience. And, and it's, a, it's a key to meet people through. And I felt very honored that being new to the region, there have been so many people that have opened themselves up to me and let me make pictures of them. Uh, and through that, learn more about them and about the region. Mm-hmm. And for your part, Brian, I mean, this is, this area is one that is familiar to you because you grew up um, in the Metro East. Insofar as personal background goes, how does that affect how and what you see? Right. I think that, you know, I'm blessed to be able to work and live in the community I grew up largely. But I will admit that growing up, I was pretty insulated, you know, in the Metro East. I think a lot of times folks in Illinois will think, oh, you can't go to Missouri, it's not safe. And then folks in Missouri will say, oh, you can't go into Illinois, it's not safe, you know, and just really breaking that down. Um, But knowing what those preconceived notions are for each community and really finding ways to bridge them, you Mm -hmm. know, and doing that visually, I think things like that bring an extra added layer, I think, of of advantage. to being able to document this community. But even being raised here and growing up here and you know eventually coming back, I there's a lot I don't know. There's a lot that I'm learning every single day and I think it's one of the greatest things about this job is that you learn, you get to meet great people, you get to see what makes this community tick mm-hmm. and being able to document that and share it with others and just go out and show how great this region is and how underrated it is, I don't think I would trade this for the world. Yeah. Tristan, were there ways that you're not being a native, but also someone who grew up in a very rural area, gave you a way to connect with the people that you were sent out to to document? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think in some cases, right, like I'm just a big believer in transparency. So oftentimes when people would ask me about myself as I'm making their picture, I would say, yeah, I'm not from here. I'm relatively new to the region. You know, what can you tell me about the region? Uh, I think when people think about St. Louis, they often do think of the city, but we do a lot of our work outside of the city, out in rural areas. You know, we've got stations in Quincy and in Rolla. Mm -hmm. And so for those, it is easier uh, maybe for me to just kind of name drop like, oh, yeah, I grew up on like a hobby farm, you know, and you can kind of make that connection. And I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's all about letting people see the person I am behind the camera and like Mm -hmm. let them know me as a person and not just the photojournalist that day that helps make those connections either way. Mm-hmm. In, in the connecting and the engaging, it's not just people in the community, but it's also with colleagues. And Tristan, there was a, a partnership or sort of a collaboration that you were uh, an inspiration for, and that had to do with a piece that was done by a reporter, Chad Davis, and Black animators. And you had made a, a really interesting and cool suggestion. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those stories where, uh, so the lead photograph of it that we had the idea for was, uh, we were gonna talk to this animator and let's make a portrait of him. But let's don't, not do the traditional environmental portrait that we do that shows him in his office. Let's do it on a blank wall behind him. And then we sent that portrait to him and said, draw on it, animate it, make it look, you know, make it pop. And it's one of those ways that I think 
you know, that photograph was a tool for something that became a different kind of visual, the same way that photographs are tools for different kinds of journalism throughout mm -hmm. the region. Yeah. And I think that's a great example of a story that has or a, a photo or image that has a story behind it. And for your part, Brian, I mean, this was um, the story that you were trying to capture. There were some challenges because of what was and wasn't available conventionally, right? Right. I think with this story in particular, uh, Tristan and I had been ideating on what could lead art look like for this, um, which we do pretty much for every story on what's possible. How can we push the limit on visual storytelling? You know, this isn't necessarily photojournalism, but, you know, there is, I think, space for kind of these uh, mixed media pieces. And this animator, you know, he did digital work. He didn't do, you know, print work. So there weren't sketches to photograph him with. His studio wasn't set up and, you know, it's really just sitting and trying to make the abstract concrete. And Tristan, I mean, just had a great job, a great idea here. And, you know, that's been his tenure so far. It's mm -hmm. just been, you know, great idea after great idea. Yeah. So what is it that makes a good visual story? If you can give me that like in caption form, Brian. Oh man, that that's a tough one. I think, you know, the narrative arc on a visual story is super important. What are you trying to convey? You know, a good story typically has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And we want to tell, you know, visual stories that have that as well. You know, I think of watching a movie, you have your wide establishing shots. Where are you? Put me in the scene. Your medium shots defining who your characters are and then the tight details that help tie things together. So, you know, we're looking at all of that on top of balancing light, color, moment, you know, all of these things that can seem like a lot, but, you know, after doing it for so long, it becomes second nature. And really just, I think, trying to emphasize that visual stories can be the ordinary. You know, it's the community baker. It's the community organizer. It's the person that everybody knows and comes to mind when you say a neighborhood or a city, whatever that may be. Um, and people's stories are amazing. And I think, you know, those visual stories... Uh, come in all different shapes and sizes and live on different platforms. So, you know, we try our best to to put those together. Brian Munoz is STLPR's interim digital editor, and Tristan Rouse is photojournalist at St. Louis Public Radio for just a little bit longer. Tristan and Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Elaine. Thanks so much. You can check out STLPR's Year in Photos by visiting stlpr.org 2023 photos. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.